0: is faith simply believing something with your mind or is it something more today we'll see god test abraham whose faith shows in a whole new way on the bible brief are you enjoying the show are you learning something as you listen if you haven't left us a five-star review on your podcast player please do so today your review will help others discover the show Now that Lot is safely out of now-destroyed Sodom, Abraham can turn his attention elsewhere. And lest we forget, Abraham is a bit of a nomad. Since the land of Canaan isn't his yet, he has to move around the land without ever putting down roots. Abraham never builds a permanent home, and for his entire life after God calls him, he travels in and around the land of Canaan. He only settles for brief periods of time in his tent until he moves somewhere else. This likely has to do with farming and agriculture resources, for which he would have had the least priority claim, since he wasn't himself a Canaanite. Well, as part of this moving around, he encounters, at least a few times, a Canaanite man named Abimelech. In fact, his first encounter with Abimelech involves a similar deception as his visit to Egypt. Abraham says that Sarah is his sister for fear of the Canaanites. But yet again, God intervenes in the situation just like Egypt, and causes Abimelech to enrich Abraham even more, and give him preference in the land regarding where he would dwell. Even in the midst of Abraham's arguably immoral deception of Abimelech, God continues to bless and protect Abraham. Now, after this episode with Abimelech, we see the birth of Isaac, the long-awaited promised son of Abraham in his old age the miracle son of ninety-year-old Sarah and one hundred-year-old Abraham. Let's start reading in Genesis 21. The Lord visited Sarah as He had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as He had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac, And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Now, it's no wonder that laughter is mentioned so many times by Sarah here. And if you think about it, it is kind of comical. Sarah and Abraham are old, and yet they have a newborn baby named Isaac. And do you remember how Abraham and Sarah reacted when they heard the news that they would have a baby? Each of them laughed too. And as if to capture that theme, God even communicated that the baby's name would be Isaac, meaning laughter. Notice something else, though, about what Abraham does after this son of promise is born. He circumcises him on the eighth day as a sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham that's going to be passed down through Isaac. Remember, God had said, I will make my covenant with Isaac. Let's keep reading. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, laughing. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. Many months after Isaac's birth, on the great festal occasion where Isaac was weaned, there's one more piece of laughter in this story. And it doesn't seem like it was happy laughter, instead, it was mocking. Ishmael upsets Sarah at this feast, and the joyous occasion turns stern. Sarah wants to cast Hagar and Ishmael out of the house, now. A request saddening to Abraham, given his love for his son by Hagar. But then God speaks to Abraham in this situation. God said to Abraham, Be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you for through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder, along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba." While it may seem that God allows Abraham to banish Hagar and Ishmael into the wilderness with no protection or provision, God yet takes care of them even in that wilderness. Just as God saw Hagar and Ishmael when they were initially cast out almost 14 years prior, God saw them even now. And we see God provide them with water and hope for a future. Eventually, we see that Hagar makes her way back to Egypt and finds a wife for Ishmael. God's promise to make Ishmael into a nation begins to bear fruit. Now, with Abraham's firstborn Ishmael out of the household, you can imagine all of Abraham's energy now being poured into Isaac, the son of the promise. It would be through Isaac that the Abrahamic covenant would see continued fruition. It would be through Isaac that Abraham's offspring would come to possess the land. And eventually, it would be through Isaac that a seed would come to bless all the nations of the world. Imagine Abraham looking at his son every day, the son on whom all of God's promises depended, and all of Abraham's faith found fruit. Imagine the love that grew in his heart for this boy. The first time he looked up at Abraham and said, Daddy. The first time Abraham showed him how to put up a tent. The first time Abraham showed Isaac how to make sacrifices to the Lord. In some ways, there was only one son now in his vision, a tunnel vision that saw only Isaac and at the same time saw God's promise. Now imagine that God takes it all away. Let's read Genesis 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And God said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. If Abraham ever wished that he were back in the land of his fathers, away from the land of Canaan and away from God's promises, this might have been it. He'd spent well over 30 years faithfully following God in an unknown land among an unknown people fighting battles not his own, looking for promises that always seemed far away. Until finally, finally, God gave him Isaac. And now what does God want him to do? Isaac as a burnt offering? Isaac? Yet Abraham's response is not words of anguish. Instead, it's the silence of obedience. So Abraham rose early in the morning "'saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him "'and his son Isaac. "'And he cut the wood for the burnt offering "'and arose and went to the place of which God had told him.'" Did you notice that it said Abraham left early the next morning? It's difficult to comprehend how one could leave early to sacrifice a son whom you love. It's difficult to think about Abraham cutting the wood himself on which his son would burn. And it's difficult to think that with each step he took toward Moriah, it was a step that he could have run in the other direction. But still Abraham continued. The Bible doesn't give us a lot of what's going on in Abraham's head on this journey to Moriah. It doesn't say if he was in constant prayer. It doesn't say if he's in somber silence. Instead, it leaves things to our imagination. Perhaps in some way, to put the reader in Abraham's shoes. Perhaps to put the reader in Isaac's shoes. But soon they arrive at their destination. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. As they arrive at the mountain which God had identified, it's difficult to understand the words Abraham speaks to the servants who accompanied them. He speaks as though Isaac will return, even though his mission is the death of Isaac as a burnt offering. Perhaps even more difficult, however, is picturing Isaac carrying the wood on which he will burn. As Abraham lays it on his back, as if Isaac is a beast of burden. All this while Abraham carries the very items to spill the blood of his son the knife and the fire. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. You can picture Abraham just trying to hold it together at this point, his hands trembling and sweating as his son asks him a question he perhaps didn't want to answer. Isaac had sacrificed with Abraham before. He knew that an animal was required to make a sacrifice to God. And for Isaac, it's the most innocent question. But for Abraham, it's a blow to the heart. But just as Abraham's obedience is surprising, so is his response. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Finally, they come to the spot. Isaac has carried the wood up the mountain with his elderly father innocently looking for the animal that they will sacrifice. All the while, Abraham has been looking at the sacrifice the whole time, his son, his only son, whom he loves. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible.